everyone, and welcome to another America's Conservative Podcast. It was very strange. I um, was getting ready to do the show, and for some reason, the microphone was too low. I'm wondering, did somebody come into my apartment yesterday? I had gone out to do a little food shopping. Did somebody come into my apartment and lower the microphone just to gaslight me? It's very strange. Because really, I don't touch this microphone. I just get it. I stand while I record this show. And so I never have to move it up and down or, or anything. And it was weird this morning. I'm looking and I'm like, why is it now positioned as if I was four feet tall? I don't know. I don't know what happened there. I really don't. I don't know if I bumped it. Maybe I backed into it. The chair back. I backed into it with the chair. It's hard to say, but... It, it's one of those things that does get you thinking because you know that you haven't messed with it. And now it's a foot and a half lower uh, than what it was. It was very, very weird. So I hope you all uh, had a beautiful Valentine's Day. Raise your hand if you had to sleep on the couch last night. For all you guys out there, I'm sure at least one of you messed up Valentine's Day and she made you sleep on the couch. I'm going to guess there are at least one person in the Red State Talk radio audience that had that happen to him yesterday. It's, it's a statistical probability, very, very high probability uh, that that happened. What can I tell you, man? You're just going to have to make up for it. You're just going to have to uh, figure out a way to do things better today on fe- February 15th, make up for... Uh, what you didn't do or you messed up yesterday. Me, when I sleep on the couch, I sleep on it by choice. When you sleep on the couch, you're sleeping on it due to force. So uh, those things happen, and maybe that's one more reason that I'm just a bachelor single guy for the last many, many years. Or maybe now that you listen to the show, you probably realize, well, hey, Ed, we understand exactly why you're single. Maybe there's that too. You can't, from the file of, you can't make this stuff up. <coughs> and yes, I'm still, I mean, it's still fighting this allergy stuff, but I'm breathing great. But it's windy out today. The dust is being kicked up and that's going to make it tougher on me and this, me doing this show. But from the file of, you can't make this stuff up. The Westminster Dog Show uh, was held, I guess, this past weekend, or the last few days. And I can remember when I lived in Las Vegas, we would have a TV going and backstage, like the Magic Show and the Rat Pack Show that I worked on. And there was a TV on that, you know, we'd be watching TV while the show was going on, because that's, if you don't know, that's what goes on backstage at some Vegas shows. And I can remember people being so into that. I, I love pets and, and all of that, but. Dog shows. I love the the movie Best in Show. That is a hilarious movie. But uh, watching actual dog shows, I don't know. But you can't make this up. A German shepherd shepherd won the Best in Show prize. So the top of the top, the number one prize in the whole competition. The dog's name, Rumor. R-U-M-O-R. And as I posted on my Facebook page this morning, and I, you know I hardly ever post any political stuff there, hardly ever, maybe once a year, I will do that. 
But I said, in an era of fake news on all sides, maybe it shouldn't be a surprise that the name of the winning dog at the Westminster Dog Show was Rumor. You can't make that stuff up. Because in the end, that's all really fake news is, is a bunch of rumors making it into the news pages or the news sites, the news shows. Just rumors usually are just a, a bunch of lies. But then a dog named Rumor wins Best in Show. I, got, I love stuff like that. I think that's so funny. That's, that's Ed Denzel kind of humor right there. So happy for Rumor. I had a roommate at one time that had a German Shepherd. She got the, this German Shepherd. And the dog ended up biting like the cable guy or something like that. And she had to get rid of it. The dog was uh, very protective of her. And anybody who came close to her, uh, including myself, I knew to stay away from this dog. And it did not. She didn't keep it too long. That Biting that guy, I think, was the final straw. And then she ended up getting this other dog, which was completely afraid of everything and would hide under the bed all day. So she went from, like, one extreme to the other. But let's get to the show. You can't make this, once again, from the five, you can't make this stuff up. You know, I love a good North Korea story. I, I, there's, I am fascinated with that country. Just how it came to be. Uh, of course, a lot of terrible things happen in that country that we know about. People have snuck cameras into the country. And just a bizarre, bizarre place. Have you ever seen any documentaries about it? Uh, traffic cops standing in the middle of intersections, but there's no cars and it just, it's just, and I can tell you that I used North Korea as a template to write my Govicide book series that I haven't talked about in a long time, but, um, I used it as a template when I was creating the world in, in those books. And so maybe, you know, and so maybe that's why I continue to have this fascination with that country. And I feel bad for those. I do. I, I seriously feel bad for those people that if they were just if they just lived a little further south, they would be experiencing freedom in South Korea and owning cars and eating great food and living in a beautiful country and all of that. Instead, they just lived a little too far north and. Many people have died, been executed, sent to concentration camps, prison camps, and they live in fear of their, you know, of their lives day to day. They love their leader, but they're afraid to do anything. It's a, it's a very weird situation in North Korea. But the reason I'm talking about this is that Kim Jong Un, who is now the leader of that country, the son of Kim Jong Il. You don't. You may not realize this, but Kim Jong Un has two brothers and a sister. And I don't know if they're a couple of them. I think the sister is actually a full-blooded uh, sister, but then the two brothers are like half brothers. They had different mothers or something like that. Well, one of Kim Jong Un's half brothers, Kim Jong Nam N A M, was assassinated in Malaysia. Was it yesterday or the day before? You know, they're so far ahead in the hours. It's 
what happened this day, but it might have happened been the day before here. It's hard to figure that out. A couple days ago. And he wasn't sh- – so just that alone is, is noteworthy, that the, the brother of a leader of any country being assassinated, being murdered is news. But being that it's a, a relative, a half-brother of Kim Jong-un is noteworthy. And then you find out that he wasn't shot, he wasn't stabbed, he wasn't strangled or anything like that. It seems the two women approached him in the airport, uh, an airport in Malaysia, and sprayed some kind of poison on him. I mean, this is like James Bond stuff. Those crazy North Koreans, two women, not two guys, not one guy, not a group. Not an assassination team. Two women, and they even had the picture of one of the women as she was leaving the airport. She had she had like some sort of shirt on that said LOL on it, like laugh out loud. So here she was, an assassin wearing an LOL shirt. That's funny too. All sorts of weird ironies and things going on in this show so far. Rumor as winning the dog show and now this. They sprayed this stuff, I guess, in his face, and then they took off, and he didn't die right away. I think they got him to a hospital, but he eventually did die. And as I was right before I started recording this show, I, find, I found out that one of the, at least one of these women has been caught in trying to get out of Kuala Lumpur, and she was trying to get out of the country, and she had... Vietnamese documents, but the belief is that she and this other woman, who I'm guessing is still on the loose, uh, are North Korean agents who uh, snuck into or went down there to Malaysia to kill this brother on the, and being ordered to do this by his brother, Kim Jong-un. Uh, from what I read, the Kim Jong-un has always been suspicious of this brother, this is an older brother, so technically, had he stayed in the better graces of his dad, he might have been the leader, next leader of North Korea instead of Kim Jong-un, but you find out that Kim Jong-nam, uh, he was kind of estranged from his family ever since he tried to sneak into Japan with forged documents. That was kind of the beginning of the end for him, and so he hasn't been in North Korea in many years but uh, this is seen as a sign that maybe Kim Jong-un is a little worried about his position as leader of North Korea. You know, he's killed a lot of people since he became uh, leader there. Ex- he had several people executed. And he, he may feel that he, he's not doing enough and maybe there's going to be a coup or something. And he wants to make sure that this one brother... Uh, cannot take over, cannot instigate things from outside the country. Now, it seems to me, in looking at Kim Jong-un, he's a little bit of a a mess-up guy. It's not like he was living outside of North Korea and was living like a prince or, or anything like that. Uh, it, it seems that he was just a, a regular guy kind of bumming around. And given that... Those two women could approach him, I guess, so easily. It doesn't sound like he has any bodyguards or anything else. But I was reading that this wasn't the first assassination uh, 
that he, that that happened to him. It, that there had been one in 2010 as well that, of course, it failed, being that he was still alive now. But those crazy North Koreans, and you should know that this is not unusual for North Korea to conduct uh, killings, murders, assassinations uh, outside of North Korea. They've done it in South Korea. They, of course, and we know about I mean, maybe the the average American doesn't realize how many skirmishes and killings have happened between North Korea and South Korea since they became separated in the late 1940s. Yes, we know about the North, you know, the Korean War, but since then, there have been actual Americans who have died. In the DMZ because of things that the North Koreans have done. That's a true. That's true. There's like, is it called the Oxbow incident or something like that? If you want to look that up. And uh, in the late 70s, there was a they they came down into South Korea trying to kill the president of North Korea. I mean, there've been several things like that. And probably the most notable one is right before, uh, maybe a few months or a year before the the. The Summer Olympics in Seoul, South Korea in 1988, North Korea actually blew up an airliner. I don't know if you remember that. That's true. They blew, blew one up. They got some sort of bomb put on the plane, and um, there were two, once again, working in tandem, just like it seems these two women did. Uh, I think it was a man and a woman this time that did this, and they tried to escape, and the guy... I think ended up getting killed, but the woman got caught, and then she asked for asylum or something like that, and she never did, could go back to North Korea. I think that's what happened. But So North Korea, despite it being seen as this hermit kingdom, and they stay to themselves, they have capabilities of uh, striking at people they don't like in situations they don't like, Outside of their little country. In fact, I would guess that uh, probably we've had a couple incidences here in the United States with North Korean, one, you know, murdering people that we maybe don't even know about. They were just regular murders. We view them as regular murders, but they could have been done by North Korean operatives. I happen to believe that. So they are tricky. Tricky. They are sneaky. Uh, they don't choose the the regular means of killing people. And uh, so we get back to this brother being assassinated in an airport where everybody could see and there are cameras everywhere. But this is where these women chose to do this. Um, you should know there's also another brother. I told you that Kim Jong-un has two brothers and a sister. Well, there's another brother. I think his name is Kim Jong-chol, C-H-O-L. And allegedly he's still alive, but he has not been seen. And I remember the story. I remember this. He was seen at a Eric Clapton concert in England back in 2015. I remember that for some reason I just remember the story. Once again, I'm a North Korea, I wouldn't say a fanatic or anything, but if any time North Korea pops up in the news, I'm going to read that article. Uh you know, I know they've been shooting a missile off and you know those things since Trump became president. But Kim Jong Chol, C H O L, had gone to this concert with some friends. He hasn't been seen since. 
So there is the belief maybe he's been uh, exterminated, some executed, and people just don't know about it. He's been made to disappear. Maybe they got to him in England or wherever he's living. Uh, he, he's also another brother who uh, has lived outside of North Korea. And you should know Kim Jong-un for some of his life. He went to Europe uh, for schooling. He didn't go to some you know North Korean school. He was sent outside of the country to get his education, and you know, of course, then he eventually came back. But I think these two brothers have stayed outside. They've been somewhat estranged from, I think, probably because they're half-brothers and not full brothers. I, I think that probably doesn't help their cause. And so we just got some weird things uh, going on there, but maybe it's not so weird considering that it's North Korea. As far as the sister goes, she does live in North Korea, and I think she, she has a somewhat prominent uh, position in the government, but I think that she benefits uh, from the fact that I think that she is a full-blooded sister of Kim Jong-un, whereas the two brothers, I believe, are not full-blooded. You know, they have different mothers. So you have to, you know, you have to break this all down. I, I, I saw, I'm trying to, I saw a family tree. Uh, this was all diagrammed as I saw this story. I think it was yesterday. And that's what I remember the, the family tree. I might have gotten a, a few of those little details wrong, but it's clear to me that Kim Jong-un has some, this particular brother was not his full, did not have the same mother. Because Kim Jong-il uh, had like four different wives. And uh, I'm guessing probably at least one of them got executed. I'm just going to guess. So just don't know. It's just uh, just more intrigue with North Korea. But they caught the one woman, and uh, we'll see what she wants to say. I don't know if she'll ask for asylum or will she be – she's probably going to stand trial in Malaysia if it gets to that. And we'll see if this other woman can be caught. But with those North Koreans, they just can't do anything. Just can't find a gun somewhere and shoot somebody. I'll be interested to know what the poison was. Because I have to tell you that for a poison to be, if it was truly, because I'd read somewhere that it was a needle. Somebody stuck him with a needle. But then I read in another story that it was some kind of spray. Just have to get to the bottom of that. Uh, I, of course, if it was something somebody stuck him with a needle, then you know this isn't like Hollywood where you stick somebody a needle and they die in seconds. I mean, you have to get it just right, and you have to get it in an artery. And or, I mean, to me, that sounds like a lot of work. But then I start thinking about a spray of a poison of some type. Tell you what, if it isn't spray form, it better be pretty pretty powerful. It better be. So I'll be interested to know, uh, was it cyanide? What, what was it? I, I'm, I'm sure we'll f figure out or find out what that was. I'll be interested to know. Let's move on to something else. This Mike Flynn resignation slash firing story continues to develop. Uh, there's so much, there's so many angles to this. Story. It, you'd think it. You know, with the the Trump administration, nothing is simple. Uh, you, you got the. You find out allegedly that Donald Trump knew about 
knew that he had been lied to by Mike Flynn for a long time, but Mike Pence didn't find out till last week. And in fact, Trump's people and Donald Trump were withholding that information from the vice president. And then you hear that you read the story that the reason this even got out is because there were a bunch of Barack Obama operatives in the intelligence community who wanted to get back at Mike Flynn because he wants to, of course, pull back on the Iran deal or wants to expose how bad the Iran deal is. And them revealing and these um, conversations that he had with the Russian ambassador as a way of you know, striking back at him. And then other people think that this is a plan to completely undermine undermine the administration as a whole. And it just depends on how far do you want to go with this? How far do you want to, is it an all out assault on the, by the intelligence community on the administration, or is it something a little simpler than that? I, I don't, I don't know what to think right at this point. It seems to me that what Mike Flynn did was wrong, but I, I have to admit, I guess that he had to go, but it wasn't like Mike Flynn was talking. And I, and I know that he, you know, I talked about it yesterday. He's a Democrat. He's a little bit of a kook, uh, very outspoken, and probably wasn't, in retrospect, the best choice for the position. I can say that. Um, And I understand that in his position as a military member, and he has to take his orders from the civilian leaders, the president, uh, ultimately, that he can't go about lying to them. So I understand that he had to be let go. Once, you know, once the administration found out, then it should have been that he should have been on out on out on his butt immediately. But it didn't happen that way. Maybe the administration thought that they could <coughs> cover this up for, for a while, knowing how, how bad it was going to look that a guy that just got appointed has to lose his job three weeks in, into the term. That doesn't look too good. It look, like I said yesterday, I think that has to be one of the shortest tenures of a, position, of a person in any appointed position in modern U.S. history, at least at the federal level. So I'm not going to get too crazy. You know, I I look at it this way. If Mike Flynn lied to the administration, lied to Donald Trump, whether Donald Trump cared about it or not, and whether he lied to Mike Pence, and we now know that Mike Pence really, really did care about it, then... If the intelligence community wants to reveal that information, I understand they're not supposed to do that. And I know that they're supposed to handle this internally. But, you know, it may be that the reason the intelligence community did this is because they tried to talk to the the Trump administration about getting rid of him. And the Trump administration didn't want to do it. Is that possible? That the reason that the intelligence community eventually made it public and leaked all this information 
is because they were running up against a brick wall, just speaking of walls, in the administration that this administration didn't mind what uh, Mike Flynn did. And were willing willing to run interference for him, even though there was they were opening up the possibility that Mike Flynn could be blackmailed then by the Russians. I, I, you know, and I have to tell you, if that's the case, I don't hold anything against the intelligence community. I hope they don't make it a habit. But it feels to me, and I see this once again, the conservative websites I go to, this is what they're buying into, that this is going to be the intelligence community's way of undermining the entire uh, administration as a whole. Well, if that's the case, and they're willing to, they're going to go further, as long as it's the truth, I don't care. If, If the intelligence community is going to come out and eventually say, well, we tried to do something about it, But Trump is ignoring this, he's ignoring that, he's letting this person get away because he's a good buddy of Trump, and he's letting them do these funny things on the side, and they eventually have to go to the media for this, then then I support that. And the feeling that I get, once again, going to these conservative websites who know better, it seems they're going to run interference, you know, they're going to extrapolate this out to the point where it's now a conspiracy, the intelligence community, and they're all a bunch of Obama operatives. Well, well, what happened to the Bush operatives when Barack Obama got into office? Hmm? I'm wondering. Are these just a bunch of lifer liberals who just undermine Republican presidents? I really don't remember that being a huge deal while George W. Bush was president. I, maybe, maybe it was. I'm just saying I don't remember it. And there surely wasn't anything that happened during George W. Bush's eight years. I know about the Scooter Libby thing, which was totally blown out of proportion. But other than that, I don't know. Seems It didn't seem to me like the intelligence community was – undermining George W. Bush's and what he wanted to do too much. So it seems weird now in 2017 that we're calling all of these intelligence people Barack Obama operatives. Well, why, if, why can't Trump put his own people in there? If Barack Obama got to put his people in these positions during his eight years in office— then, then what is the case here? See, there's something about the, the, the right about the story right now that seems biased going in, into conservative circles, mm-hmm. and I think that as conservatives, as you follow this story, you have to be wary of that. I know that you want to believe that the entire federal government's out to get George, out to get George. Uh, to get Donald Trump just because of who he is and how he's going to drain the swamp and everything else. I'm not convinced of that. I'm more convinced that at this point that, yes, there probably are some people who work in the intelligence community that don't like Donald Trump and don't like what he stands for and everything else. Um, I don't think that that's different any, under any president. I'm sure there are people working in every department of the federal government 
who didn't probably didn't weren't that thrilled with Barack Obama either. So I, I just don't want you to automatically get too insane on this. I think that you just have to uh, take the information as it comes, and I think that it eventually have to remember that Mike Flynn resigned. So that would mean to me that he that he did do something wrong, and that he felt that he, what he did wrong was hurting the administration, and that's why he wanted to get and I. And I credit for the, him for that. What's a problem is that it seems to me that Donald Trump and his people were wanting to withhold this information from their very own vice president, which tells me something. And it's nothing good. Did Ronald Reagan ever withhold anything from Bush 41? Did Bush 41 withhold anything from Dan Quell? Did Clinton hold anything, withhold anything from Gore? Bush uh, W. with Cheney, Barack Obama with Joe Biden. Did any of them do that? But now already three weeks into Donald Trump's presidency, he wanted to withhold information from Mike Pence. All, I think all because Mike Flynn was Donald Trump's guy. Even though obviously he had, he had messed up and he had, put himself in a position, not because I don't think uh, because of what he said to the, I, I see, I don't, him talking about sanctions and, and all of these things, they knew Barack Obama, they knew Donald Trump was going to be president anyway. I don't see the big deal about that. The big deal starts when Mike Flynn starts lying about what the conversation was about. And maybe he shouldn't have been doing it, and that's why I didn't tell Mike Pence. But still, you can't lie to a a civilian leader. You can't do it. And that's, I think, the most important part. And I don't care how that information comes out. You have a military member who's lying to a civilian leader. The military guy has to go. I got to go to the break. You've been listening to America's Conservative Podcast. The voice of American conservatism, WRS Digital, Red State Talk Radio. And we are back at America's conservative podcast. So regarding Mike Flynn, if if you read, uh, what, General Mattis, the guy now heads up the Defense Department, uh, it seems he made a quote. I forget what the exact quote is, but he it doesn't seem like he's bothered by it at all. This does not phase uh, him at all, which... You know, you, you got to hope that as much as I don't like Donald Trump, that the administration can put this behind them fairly quickly because this is a, a very, very early mistake. And you hope more of these types of things don't continue. The problem probably Mike Pence is having right about now is can I trust what the administration is telling me? You know, can I, do I trust that uh, if things are going on, that I, I, I know what it is exactly is going on? Are they withholding information because it's somebody of Donald's, in, you know, instead of a buddy of mine? That has to be in Mike Pence's uh, uh, mind right now. 
So there you go. Mike Flynn, but once again, a convoluted story. I think a lot of the reason being that people want to see what they want to see. Conservatives and Trump supporters see this as an intelligence community going rogue and trying to take down the administration as a whole. Uh, The left sees it as the, 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 the incompetence that they believe that Donald Trump has had from the beginning. And right now, I just look at it as, I, I think that once you have somebody who lies to a civilian leader, a military person, the, the person has to go no matter what, whether it has to do with Russia or Germany or China or South Korea or North Korea or whoever else. That, ha- that has to happen, whether it's three weeks into administration or the day before the end of the administration, that has to happen. Uh, and sometimes that's going to have to come through from the intelligence community, intelligence community to make it happen. Or, I mean, the alternative is these intelligence people know about it and they just keep their mouth shut and this guy just continues to do whatever he wants to do. Which way would you rather have it? Do you really want a president who is going to run interference for a military person who lied to the administration is allowed to get away with it? Is that what you want? Hmm. We'll just have to see who's going to take his place. Then we'll we'll know which direction this administration wants to go. Uh, I saw this story moving on. Obamacare is going to, uh, I think like last year, we went for a long period without talking about it. And it was probably, even though it was a topic during the nomination uh, process on the Republican side, and it found some time during the general election debates, probably did not get as much attention as you would think, given the perception as how how many people hate it and dislike it and how everybody's premiums have gone up and and everything else. Part of the reason, I believe, is because I don't believe that Donald Trump is a true hater, hater of Obamacare. I think he dislikes it because there are a lot of other people disliking it, I think. And he's made enough statements regarding socialized medicine for me to know, at least. Maybe his Trump support, his supporters don't see this, but I see it as if he had his way and he could get away with it, he'd get even government even more involved in health care. That's my opinion. But there's a story out now that next year Humana, which has greatly, greatly reduced its exposure to Obamacare, and I know that personally because... I had Humanity for Humana for two years, and they dropped the plan I was on, and I could not get as an individual buyer in Florida. I could not get a Humana plan, so I had to go to Florida Blue, and I had a couple other choices, but that's where I ended up going. And of course, as you know, I had to use it recently to handle my asthma attack that I had a couple weeks ago. That was just the worst thing ever. And by the way, the drugs are awesome. But <laughs> um, but Humana is going to be getting out of Obamacare, it sounds like, totally next year. This is coupled 
with the story we now find out that the IRS, if you are filing your taxes this year, that they're going to go very, very easy on you if you have not met the individual mandate requirement as is required by law now. Let's start with the IRS stuff first. I have to tell you that I'm not a big fan of this. I know that I know that it's quote unquote the right thing. You know if you've listened to the show for long enough, you know that I believe that you shouldn't have to force people to buy stuff just because they're alive. I can understand you buy a car, you have to get insurance. I, I get that. And if you don't have it and you get pulled over, you can get in trouble, you can get a fine, lose your license, whatever could happen. You're the one who chose to buy the car. You could have used Uber, you could have used taxis, you could have ridden the bus, you could have walked, you could have got a bike. You chose to get a car. When you do that, you're operating what is essentially a moving weapon that can hurt people, that can hurt other cars, can kill people. You're going to have to have insurance. That makes sense to me. But if you're just alive and you're just going about your business and the government says, you have to buy this. I mean, I'm not even that, you know, even with guns and people have the right to self-defense, there is no law saying you must own a gun. We have that right to self-defense. It's been said over and over that what that means is people have a right to own guns, even though cities in some states have uh, gotten in the way of it over the years. But there's no requirement that you have to buy a gun. But we, we are mandated that we have to get insurance. I think that's wrong. And so I do realize that. But on the other hand, I am not for evading a law just by choice because we don't like it. I realize that there's been an executive order signed and all that's, you know, we really want to have that argument on this, don't we? I, I know it sucks. I know it's wrong. But just telling the IRS, you know that law that we're supposed to have, you could just kind of slide by on that. I'm just not going to take that seriously. Well, that's not how we do things in the United States. See, this is what the reason I think that we've gotten to this point overall in the United States with the federal government that's totally out of control and several state governments that are totally out of control is because laws are on the books, but when they become inconvenient for whoever, whether it's conservatives, liberals, Republicans, or Democrats, that they're just ignored. Well, you know what? That was kind of stupid. Why don't we just slide it by? Instead of going about the process of repealing it. And so I'm not, I have to tell you, I'm not the hugest fan of this. I, I understand that it was executive order that, this is only going to – on top of everything, this is only going to make this all worse. If you think that insurance companies and the healthcare system was in bad shape now, you just wait. And that's why I've tried to tell you. If you're going to do this right the right way, you have to get rid of all of it, of all of it at the same time. The problem is that it's a lot easier politically to say – Ignore that individual mandate than to say, hey, insurance companies, you don't have to take some of those people that you don't want. Because whether we like it or not, 
That is the fix. As Kevin Williamson, a month ago, month and a half ago, wrote so eloquently that Obamacare is made up of two parts. It's insurance companies have to take everybody and people have to get insurance because one works with the other. Because when you tell insurance companies that they have to take everybody, then they start worrying about, you know, what's this going to do with our balance sheets? We're going to have to take all these people with these pre-existing conditions, people who are very, very high risk, and really we don't have enough healthy people to make up for them. And so written into the law was the other side of that. Even people who are healthy, they have to go get insurance or they're going to get fined. And what was it, $2,500 or whatever it ended up being. Those two things work in tandem, and you can see what happens. If there's no individual mandate, that means people will not be getting insurance, which means it's going to even put insurance companies in a worse and worse position, which means people who do have insurance and have gotten it because they do want it, their premiums are going to go to continue to go up and up and up, even though they're generally healthy people. This is a much whatever we whatever you want to call what is going on in healthcare in 2017. It is a much worse situation than it was 10 years ago. And I know, well, look at those people who've been able to get insurance over the time that couldn't get it before. If that is always going to be the standard, then I guess we're just going to screw we're going to screw 300 million people over one person. And I've told you. The reason that things don't work the way they should is because so much government is involved. It does not pay for the way healthcare is set up in the United States right now, and it's even worse than ever. It doesn't pay for people who want to help people with these high risk situations, it doesn't pay to help them. It, I believe that it would pay to help them if government got out of the way. I think it would be cheaper, more efficient, more cost-effective to help these people out if government got out of the way, if we remove those barriers between patients and doctors. Whereas liberals think about it's another way. Liberals are the ones who believe The doctors and nurses want to leave people dying in the streets, all these people with these pre-existing conditions. Well, I got to tell you, the the news is out there. Since Obamacare has become law, the life expectancy of your average white person in the United States has gone down, not up. It's grand. It's just just a, a, a tenth of a year or something like that. But you would think... That given all these people who had these pre-existing conditions who couldn't get health care, I mean, we make it out now that they were just dying in the streets all the time. That wasn't the case. They were just flopping over all over time, and now they're not. Well, if that's the case, then our life expectancy in the United States should be going up. It's not. It's going down. (laughs) So it's... It's not as simple as liberals make it out to be. All we have to do is force these people, uh, force the insurance companies, take these people, and everybody's going to have great health care. Obviously, it's not working that way. And uh, the, the lack of, uh, as, as crazy as this is going to sound, the lack of an individual mandate is going to make health care worse. That's why I've said, 
Insurance companies should have never been forced to take these people. You know, and this is something that I hope this is a point that uh, unfortunately because conservatives have gotten so caught up in with Donald Trump that we can't adequately make this argument right now is that as as I've pointed out Obamacare went went bad faster than any other government program in American history. As bad as Social Security has been, has been a boondog on a Ponzi scheme, and Medicaid and Medicare and all of them, it took a few years, a while, before everybody, even though it was predicted at the beginning they'd go bad, but it was really a while before it became obvious that this stuff, all it does is drive up deficits and really doesn't help anybody. We figured that out in Obamacare in a real-world situation within a couple years. And I still go back to the the point that when this was all being thrown about back in 2009, I guess it would be, that conservatives tried to make the arguments to these health insurance companies and to hospitals that you should not be on board on this. This is going to be a disaster for you. They ignored us. The fact is insurance companies uh, pretty much supported what was going to go on, that they couldn't figure out that they were going to get screwed is beyond being. And I don't want to hear it, the, the, the government forced them to do that. Wait, because I don't hear any of those people back now from back then saying, you know what, we were forced to do it. really, really didn't want to do this, but we had to. You don't hear anybody saying that. They went into it hook, line, and sinker. And totally ignored us. Totally ignored what it was going to do to their business models. Totally ignored what it was going to do to doctors and nurses. And it was going to make healthcare harder to get. And it was going to cause all these problems for hospitals. <laughs> and we were more right than we even knew. It went, I have to say, it went bad faster than we even predicted back then as conservatives. So, and, but this is what you're seeing with Obamacare is that one of the exact reasons that our federal government sucks so much. That there are, once things are enacted, there are things that are easy to rescind because it's politically easy. And then the things that aren't politically easy to get done, they stay. And that's why I continue to say that the problem with our federal government is not that it's all liberal. It's not. And the problem is not that it's all conservative. It's obviously not. The problem with our federal government is because it is a combination of a series of compromises made throughout the years, just like this Obamacare thing is. It's a compromise. We Both of these the, – the, the insurance companies having to take these patients is not a great idea, but you can't politically, I guess, change it. But it's easy to get rid of something that forces people to do something, but what it does essentially is you, you essentially create even a worse situation. That's how you get to where we are in the federal government. This Obamacare is a microcosm of everything that's been going on over the years. Liberals get a little bit of what they want. Conservatives get a little bit of what they want. And in the end, it all sucks. 
The truth is, none of this stuff should have existed in the first place. So, uh, but getting, but now the the other side of it with humanity, humanity getting out of it. <clears throat> this is why some people have been saying for the last couple years is that really Obamacare was nothing but a setup for single payer. Whereas eventually you get to the point where there are no private companies involved in health insurance and all it is is government and that's it, which is once again single payer. That's what Medicaid is. That's what Medicare is. That's what uh, the VA system is. And we know how those things go. But these uh, health insurance companies, they can't get out of it fast enough. They are running for the door. And I think maybe in Humana's case, uh, a part of that reason is they wanted to merge with, was it Aetna? A-E-T-N-A? And they weren't allowed to. That fell through. And I think there was another merger that was uh, trying to make – they were trying to make it happen, and that didn't go through either. Now, you know what's going on there is that they're all – you could say that these insurance companies, they're trying to create their own form of a single-payer system, meaning a monopoly. So you have all these bunch of different – you have Humana, you have Blue Cross Blue Shield – you have Anthem, you have Florida Blue, you have all these different insurance companies who are, I guess, kind of competing against each other. But they're all losing money, so they all figure, well, if we all merged with each other, then we could really drive the costs up, and then we wouldn't be losing money. So on one hand, the, the government is perfectly fine with monopolizing, uh, having the single pair with these government programs, but... When private companies want to link up together to stay stay in business, now that they just can't let that happen. And granted, I don't like monopolies either, but let's be clear about something. The reason that these companies are trying to merge and trying to monopolize the system is because of the government being involved in it. <laughs> they wouldn't be doing this if government wasn't involved and was taking their business and telling them what to do and making all these stipulations and forcing them to take customers that they wouldn't. So uh, it's a mess, and I'm pretty sure – and see, this is uh, – I've – said for a while that I've had concerns about conservative media, what it's been telling all of you for the last 25 years. I think that it's created unrealistic expectations regarding media, regarding what can be done in the Senate, what can be done in the House, and what it has done over the years is created a bunch of people, a bunch of regular conservative citizens whose expectations of what can be done in in these these departments in the Congress are too lofty. Hmm. All being told to you by a bunch of people who have never spent one day as a politician. Never, they don't even comp, they don't even have to do any group think for their own shows. They just come together. They don't know what it's like to collaborate with other people at all. But suddenly they're experts on collaboration in the House and in the Senate. 
But this Obamacare thing is once again a, a, a way I believe that too many conservatives out there, and dare I say it, a lot of too many Trump supporters have lied to you about what was going to be possible with this. Mm-hmm. Um, this is why I, I, I said for a while that probably Barack, you know, Obamacare is going to be here in 2000. See, when, when Donald Trump says, I don't think we're going to be able to do anything to this about 2018, I, I'm frustrated by it. I know, but I know why it's happening. This should be one of the easiest slam dunks in the history of politics, given what's going on in healthcare and hitting people, you know, where it hurts in their pocketbooks and with their health and them worrying about whether they can get a procedure done and their deductibles. This should be the easiest no brainer in the world. The problem is, is that. Not enough of these people, including Donald Trump, have the courage to say, you know what, there's just some people out there who are just going to have to find other ways to get their insurance, their health care handled. It's not that I don't care about these people. I believe that the free market work is allowed to work. These people who have had problems getting insurance over the years, something will be worked out somewhere, somehow. But but I think too many people in government, including too many Republicans and too many, and Donald Trump, they want to be seen as heroes. They want to be seen as saviors. So if those people with these pre-existing conditions are going to get help, they're the ones who want to be responsible for it. That's now in their mind. Something they probably would have never thought about 10 years, it's now in their mind. And that's also what makes big government so bad. It's trying to be the hero for everybody. And that's not the goal of government. It's not the goal to be the hero and deter, you know, and determine uh, the fate of private businesses and form, forcing them to do things just because it makes politicians feel good. But I, I think healthcare. I'm going to tell you, I think healthcare is going to get worse in this country. It will eventually get better, but it's not going to be tomorrow. But I got to go. You can find the show Monday through Friday, 9 p.m. Eastern on the Prime Channel, redstate.radio.com. Find it at Podomatic and iTunes. You can also find another show Unfound on Podomatic and iTunes. Uh, you can follow that podcast on Twitter, Unfound Podcast. Follow this show, USA Podcast, on Twitter. And I got to go. You've been listening to America's Conservative Podcast.